This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and Tara is not joining us today. She had another obligation. We have our wonderful friend, Bookstagram friend Sandra with us today. And we are going to be doing our reader repartee where we ask our five questions. So, Sandra, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. Well, we are going to just jump right into it because I love these questions and I'd love to hear the answers. So, our first question for our reader repartee is How did you become a reader? Oddly enough, I guess maybe I'm a little bit too old and my memory's gone, but I had to call my mom and ask her a little bit about this. I love that. Um, yeah. I uh, remember some of the earliest books that I love to read, but I have these vague glimmers of Dick and Jane. So I had to ask my mom how it all started. And basically, she said that I used to sit with my dad and he would always read the newspaper after work. And I would ask him all the letters and all the words that I was seeing and he would tell them to me. Both my mom and dad read to me at night, of course. And so then mom, as I got older, I guess I was one of those kids that never napped. And I, I'm still like that. I can't sleep in the day. But my mom read to me in the afternoon to keep me quiet. And the other thing that happened is I was one of those uh, lucky kids where my dad was in the Air Force. And we lived in Belgium when I was a little girl. So I got to go to play school at two and a half. And mom said that I learned to speak and write and read there at a very young age. But it was all in French. Oh, yeah. Now, are you are you still fluent in French? No, no, it's kind of a odd story. I my mom tells it better than I do, but there's a story about coming back to Canada and going to kindergarten or going to some sort of a schooling and I spoke French first and they told me that where I happened to be at the time, they told me that they didn't speak that in that school and I um was a bit of a shy kid and sort of just shut that down instantly, so I didn't stick with it. Oh which is gosh. Too bad. Yeah. What a fabulous story, though, that your mom and dad both read to you. That is, I think of all the people we've had on Reader Repartee, I don't know that we've had any dads who sort of stepped up and were readers or read to their children. So that's awesome. Yeah, mom and dad both read a lot. And what my mom did is after we left Europe, we moved to New Brunswick and uh, we lived in a farmhouse far away from town. And this is now like 1966, and I would have been five or six years old. And there was no library and nothing close by. So um, mom enrolled the family in, you know, the Reader's Digest Condensed Books of the Month Club. I don't know if you remember those from back in yeah. the day. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We got those. And then there was also books for young readers. So there would be like four books in one hardcover book. And mm -hmm. I really remember reading those wow. a lot as a kid. I love that. And you know, it's funny when you mention the Dick and Jane books, because you and I are about the same age. I'm slightly older than you, but it's so funny because that is exactly, I remember learning to read with Dick and Jane. And I literally remember sitting in class and learning, you know, yeah. re remembering the repetition of the sentences and everything. So I love that. That's fabulous. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now the next question, sometimes people struggle with this one a little bit, but what book do you wish you could read again? for the first time and have that feeling of having read it for the first time again? You're right. This is a really <laughs> hard question. It's, 
after reading for that many years, I don't think I can possibly remember all of the books that I've read. I, I wish I had a journal for every single year. Mm -hmm. but, um, one of the books that came to mind, and I chose one, maybe not one of the earlier ones that come to mind easier, but I chose one that I read probably in my 20s. Um, I remember being a young mom and uh, picking up this book, and I think it was a recommendation by a friend of mine, but it was called The Power of One, and it was written by Bryce Courtney. I feel and, like I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was really popular. He wrote a number of books. And as soon as I looked this one up, um, I instantly was taken back to it. And I think one of the reasons why I like this book, and I guess maybe to just give you a quick setup, it was set in 1939 in South Africa. And the main character is a little boy called PK. And uh, he was weak. He didn't have any friends and he was by himself. He didn't have a family. And he ended up leaning on two older men in his life. And one was white and one of the gentlemen was black. And from those two um, mentors, I guess you would call them in his life, he learned how to find, I guess what is my favorite thing when I read in books is finding the courage to dream, believe, and then the success that comes and ultimately triumph over your circumstances. I remember just being so immersed in that book. I remember coming out of it and sort of blinking as to where yeah. am I? Yeah. Uh, I remember my kids, you know, kind of playing around me, but I had zero awareness of what was happening in front of me because of the power of the writing in that book. Okay. I think I'm going to add that to my list because I thought I recognized that title, but I don't. So I'm going to look it up myself because that does sound really incredible. So, um, Thank you for adding another book to my to be read. <laughs> but that's a, yeah, I love that story. That's amazing. Okay. So our next question is which, and again, these are all kind of hard questions because, you know, we could have a million answers and depending on the day of the week that it is, or when we're asked, we could change it. But which author living or dead would you like to meet in person and why? I, again, it took a, a lot of thinking over the last few days to sort of make a decision where I was going to land on this one. But I kept coming back to the same book. And the book could have fallen into the previous question, too, because it's that same theme of dreaming, believing, and succeeding. And this one is uh, Louisa May Alcott. Oh. Yeah, just, I looked her up. And oddly enough, I also had to look up Bryce Courtney. And uh, oddly enough, they were both people who started to write later in life. Bryce Courtney did. She was a bit younger when she started, of course. But I am just very curious as to how she found the courage to live, you know, according to her beliefs, because she grew up, I think it was the late 1800s. And uh, she was a feminist and an abolitionist. And so she supported her family with her writing. And I just like to be able to stand against the tide in those times must have been very difficult. And I, I just would love to hear more about um, where she found that inner courage to carry on with how she chose to live her life. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. And then because you've mentioned these two authors who kind of started writing later in life, are you a writer yourself? And did you start writing later in life? Or what's your story? <laughs> I always wanted to be a writer. I did write in junior high and high school. In college, I took business. So my fictional writing disappeared really quickly. And I sort of put it to the side, but it's one of my retirement goals. And I, and I keep procrastinating and putting it to the side. I think there's like 
that little bit of fear. And I guess I need this little bit of courage that these other yeah. authors had to get started. So it's on my list. Oh. And uh, I, I will get started. I have some ideas simmering. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And now if you when you start your writing, would it will you write fiction or nonfiction? Or what do you think? Well, um, the one idea that I have is a story. It's going to be a fictional story based on um, a true account of mm. something that happened to my grandmother when she was younger. And nobody in her family knew this story. She told it to me when she was about 99. I think she was about 99. I was interviewing her. It might have been, she might have been past 100 when she told me this story because we lost my grandma in October of 2020 and she was 102 and a half. Wow. So she was 102 when she told me the story because I met with her in January and I recorded some interview stories with her. And one of the ones that stuck with me was, a, you know, just about when she was in her 20s and uh, some of the things that she was doing at the time. And I just thought it would make a neat little short story. And that's where I'm just going to start with that. And yeah. I don't know all the details, but I can build on this one yeah. little accounting that she gave me. Okay. Well, you know what we always tell our authors, we hope that when you get your um short story or whatever it becomes published, we hope that you'll come back and chat with us about it because what a blessing to be able to talk to her and get that sort of a gem of an idea at 102 from her. And I mean, that's just such a great story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to get started on it. But like I said, I'm a great procrastinator and I have a few other projects <laughs> up yeah. in front. So <laughs> I will have to get my Louisa courage going. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I love that your Louisa courage. I think you should put that on your mirror. And every day <laughs> you look at that, you know, they talk about how just that visualization of something. So you should put Louisa courage on your mirror. And every day when you get ready, you, you've got that little bit that kind of gives you that oomph every day for your Louisa courage. I love that. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next question is, what fictional character would you like to meet and why? Well, and again, we're still in the same theme of all of my favorite kind of people in life. And I guess um, I landed on Joe from Little Women. Oh, yeah. Of course. And again, I like her because she's non-traditional and she's a bit fearless in how she tackles things in her life. She certainly didn't have the grace that her sisters have. I was always told I was clumsy. And, <laughs> and what did my mom say? You're like a bull in a china shop. So, but I wanted to be like her when I was a kid. I, I wanted to write and I, I, um, I loved her because she fought for what she wanted. And yeah, I just really admired her character. And no matter how many times I've come back to this book, and even when I've watched the movies over the years, she's always my favorite character. Yeah, I, I think there are probably so many of us listening to this podcast right now that would agree and say, yeah, Joe was just one of those quintessential strong female characters. But again, like you said, it was at a time when that wasn't necessarily what we expected to see from a young woman in literature and certainly an author. Uh, that's really, oh, I love that. And then our last question is, what are you currently reading? Uh, I have a stack of five books beside me. So I'm reading, and this book is a surprise to me. I picked it up at the library yesterday on on the Hits to Go shelf, and it's Sea of Tranquility. Tranquility, I'm sorry, by Emily St. John Mandel. Mm -hmm. And I'm halfway through it already. It's an easy read, and I'm I've been avoiding reading her books because I didn't think that I liked 
this little bit of science fiction, but it's very readable and I'm really enjoying it. Okay. I'm surprising myself. Yeah, I read Station Eleven and I wasn't a huge fan of that one. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. And so I kind of steered clear of Sea of Tranquility. So, but maybe you're saying it's pretty accessible. It is. It's a really easy read. And I'm uh, two thirds of the way through it in a day and oh, wow. um, a day and a half, I guess. Yeah, it's a quick and easy read. I And I'm enjoying it. It's a short book. It's less, I think it's 250 pages, but every, the chapters are only three or four pages long and every three or four pages, there's a blank page. So it's fast. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) And then what else is what else is on in your stack right there? Um, I picked up this one at the library too. This one would have been a hold that I placed. I don't know when and I don't remember what the recommendation for it was, but it's Mm -hmm. called Portrait of an Unknown Lady. And it's a book in translation. Who's the author? Do you see it there? Um, Maria Gainza. Maria Ganza. I'm not, it's translated from Spanish. And so I I don't even remember what this book is about. Yeah. That's the one thing I wish Goodreads would do is leave you a little place where you could type in where you got the recommendation because it drives me crazy. I get great ones and I don't write them down. I just add them to Goodreads. But then when later, I always want to know, I want to be able to go back to that person and say, hey, I read this book. And so I probably yeah. should just write it down, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, you know what I used to do was put all my holds in at the library and just every book I wanted, I would just put it on hold or put it for future hold. Uh, I started a spreadsheet for the reason you just described so that mm-hmm. I would know who told me to read this or who suggested I should read this book and uh, how much I liked it so that whether I could you know, continue to, to, to follow those people. Um, but I just quickly opened the cover and this is... Um, a portraitist, it, it's an art heist kind of book mm. and uh, an Argent, in Argentinian high society. Oh, because I'm doing the read around the world challenge and I was, I'm starting with South America. And so I'm looking for a good book on about Argentina. So you'll have to let me know if you like that one, because if so, yeah. that's the one I think I'll read then. Hmm. I will. It says it's driven by obsession and full of subtle surprise. And it's got art forgery in it, which is what that's fascinating to me. So that's what was what drew me to this book. So and again, it's not overly long. It's just a tiny book. And it's less than 200 pages. Yeah. Oh, wow. That looked interesting. And then one of my um, book challenges is I, I'm an Agatha Christie fan. And my husband bought me a few years ago off of eBay, some very old paperbacks of, of a really wide assortment of her books. So I'm reading one a month, and there is um, on Storygraph, there's a Christie challenge. And so I'm kind of lining up to some of those, as well as I found an Agatha Christie podcast where they do deep dives into various books. So I just grab a book off the shelf and I, I'll read it, and then I'll either match it up to that challenge or find one of those podcasts and listen to, the, to their um, deep dive into the book. And so it just, make, just helps bring these books home for me. Yeah. Well, you know, Tara's really going to be very sorry she missed this podcast because she's the Christie Challenge as well. And uh, that's so funny. So I know the two of you will have to talk about what you've read and and where you're headed with that because um, she made that uh, her goal last year and then she brought it again this year. But I mean, like she said, there's so many in the canon. So she's got 
she's going to be at this for years to read them all and everything. So, but exactly. uh, yeah, there's that. no rush, but it's sort of sometimes, you know, they, I always hear book podcasters talking about palate cleansers and sometimes you just need a quick little fun read and that these books hit that spot. Okay. I have to laugh because that's exactly what I started today because I had just posted a review yesterday that I was just so disappointed in this one book that I read that I expected to love and I hated the ending so much. So then I grabbed the second, I have never read the entire um, Anne of Green Gables series. So I picked up the second book because that's my palate cleanser now. So I, because I said, I know I'm going to love this book and I needed to know I was going to love something next. (laughs) So that's interesting. It's like a refresh. Absolutely. The last one that I'm reading, and this one's a bit of a slower start to it, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it. Um, it's a fairy tale retelling, but this one is Rumpelstiltskin, and it's kind of turned on its head a little bit. I'm only about 20 or 30 pages in, so I don't know how it's going to go, but this was recommended to from somebody I was listening to online, and it's on my spreadsheet, but I can't tell you right now. Yeah. What's the title of that one? This one is uh, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. Wow. Okay. You have got some really fascinating choices. So the beginning of your new year sounds pretty incredible, actually. (laughs) I do read very eclectically, uh, but 50% of my books are usually mysteries. That's what it's been the last couple of years. I've really been drawn to a lot more nonfiction. And last year that really increased for me. So this year I have a goal. I'm always interested in history, but I have a hard time just focusing in on a history book and grasping all the dates. But when there's a story behind it, for example, I read um, The Devil. Uh, oh, my goodness. It was by Eric Larson. And it was um, the story about the great World's Fair that was in Chicago yes. in the late 1800s. And he I feel like it's called, something about the white devil or devil yeah. in the city or something like that, yes. right? Yeah. So it was the World's Fair, and then they had a serial killer in Chicago at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that was absolutely a fascinating read. And I retained a lot of that. And so my goal this year is to read more nonfiction, but really focusing in on history and trying to learn more and add to my depth of knowledge so I can have better discussions with my boys. Yeah, you know, uh, all of a sudden, I want to say it's called The Five. There was a book I read, nonfiction account of the women that Jack the Ripper supposedly um, Mm -hmm. killed. And then there's this whole, we have this whole vision of who these women were and the author turns it on its head and she was just vilified by the, you know, the Jack the Ripper experts, but boy, she did her, she did impeccable research. And that book is absolutely fascinating. And she doesn't go into, she tells you the story of the women, but then the point at which they meet up with him, she, she stops before they meet him. And so it's not about the murders. It's about who they were as women before he got a hold of them. And I, that book, that nonfiction account was just fascinating because her research was through the roof. I loved that book. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I have tons of recommendations I can make because I love, I'm the same way. I don't want to read a dry history book, but I love a good nonfiction that tells tells me something, teaches me something I just didn't know. And I love that. So, yeah. I was just going to say, I think that book was your right, The Devil in the White City. Yeah. I had started that one years ago, and then for some reason I put it down, so I think I'm going to have to pick that one up again. So, but, uh, well, Sandra, you gave us some great answers. 
to work with here. I love your choices. And what we're going to do is I will put all your titles in the show notes. And we just want to thank you so much. I say we, I'm, I'm so used to having Tara with me here, but I want to thank you so much for being with, uh, being with me today. It, it's just a fascinating interview and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It, it was fun to do. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading. <laughs>